Hello, everybody. I am your host, Felipe Melicio. This is the Total Basis Podcast. I am joined with my host, Sean Flannery. And as always, uh, before I get to you, Sean, uh, we have another guest. It's been Guestomania. It's every week we've had a guest, it seems like. But this week, it is once again, Mario Mergola. Mario, how you doing? Doing good, man. Thank you for having me back so soon. It's been like only two weeks, which is pretty nice. Oh, yeah, that's right. I feel like you were here last week. Sorry about that. No, it's you're right. It's been two weeks. Uh, all the dates Even are that, mixed though, up together. Usually like once every six months. So thank you. <laughs> no, well, it's, it's the annual uh, draft recap with Mario Mergola on the Total Basis <laughs> podcast as we do have the uh, Baseball Life uh, Fantasy <laughs> Baseball League to uh, kind of keep track of at the moment as it's still going on we're only in round 23 we're almost at the finish line though but we figure we might as well get it out of the way and just talk about at least the important players on this list right so without further ado we do have a lot of a lot to cover today uh i did tag everybody uh in the league so they can see us trash their, their squads as we are uh prone to do with them but you know i will say this felipe sir that you you said that we're just going to talk about the important picks but I've always held the belief that drafts are won and lost after pick 250. Uh, okay. Where are we now? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> we ju- I think we just passed. Like, my last pick was 256. So, All right. everyone has five picks remaining. Well, if, you, if you pick players here that are still on your team by the end of the year, you probably did a really good thing. Most of these guys are people that you end up cutting and replacing mm-hmm. via the waiver wire. But if you somehow nail two or three of these picks – you're a whole lot better off than everybody else. No, that's for sure. And uh, if you guys can see my screen, it's very colorful. No, this isn't one of my spreadsheets, Sean. This is actually Fantrax. So uh, I kind of feel vindicated that Fantrax uses all of these colors to kind of uh, <laughs> uh, differentiate between the players and the positions that they've been picked at. So let's get started uh, in the first round. So mm-hmm. it's going to go Matthew Wheeling is with the number one pick. Matthew Wheeling, formerly of the Food Life uh, podcast over there. And then I uh, got... Going from left to right in the first round. Um, I'll start with you, Mario. Did anything kind of stand out for you uh, in that first round? We talked right off right off the air after I was last on, like I said, two weeks ago. Yeah. And I had the feeling that we were going to, like, if you didn't keep a picture, you were going to be in trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, and Me. I debated if I was going to keep, right. Like, I was talking to you about it and saying, like, if you don't keep a picture, you, you might be kind of scrambling. And then the draft board opened and every single pitcher imaginable is available. Yeah. And I kind of thought to myself, I probably should have kept three hitters because I could take anybody. So yep. the initial reaction was exactly that. Like, unless you had two pitchers, you could just start building your staff again. And you, you will be really no worse off than you would have been if you kept anyone else. So my first, my first reaction was immediately that like, wow, there are infinite pitcher options available. Yeah, that's what I, you know, that's what I noticed too. Um, and it still wasn't good enough for me to pick any pitchers in the first first two rounds as I went with <laughs> Rafael Devers. Uh, I was hoping to get Luis Robert back. You know, I don't know why. I just was hoping, but I had a feeling that Sean was keeping an eye on him. And that's I what exactly so happened. didn't want him. This is okay. a, I drafted the best player available, especially okay. for a keeper or, you know, somewhat mini dynasty format. Like, I don't really like Luis Robert. I think he's uber talented, but he's one of those guys who I think has a legit like 50 grade hit tool. But if you actually factor in like plate discipline, it's more like a 30. And I'm just not sure if he ever makes enough contact. But if he does by any chance, um, you know, I got to take it, I guess. 
Mario, uh, your thoughts on drafting players you don't like, but drafting them anyway. <laughs> I mean, you, I, you need like, we need a whole podcast. Man. You know my feeling. Like, give me the synopsis of it. It, it kills me. It kills me. It kills me. You know, like, I, I do understand taking Luis Robert. And actually, I, I said this, Sean, right before we went on the air. Last year in a different uh, league, I took Robert because he was there. And I was like, he could be good. He could be better than, than where I'm drafting. And the entire season, I really didn't like it. And he was really good in the beginning. So even I couldn't go through with my own, um, you know, mantra, but like, I, I couldn't do it. You know, if I, if I have, if I have my like ability to stop myself, I'm not going to take a guy I don't like if I can help it. And again, I say like, number one thing, you're supposed to have fun. So I really didn't have fun having Robert on my team last year, even <laughs> though he was really good for a stretch of time. Cause I was like, I, I, I didn't need him. So mm-hmm. I, I'm sorry, Sean. I, you know, it's it's the right pick in terms of math, but you you know, in the process of building a team, I want to have fun. I want to like the, the players yeah. I pick. I want to get somebody. You know, here's the other thing too. There's probably you picked like one, two, three. I think you picked seven picks later, so you probably didn't lose anyone that you would have picked there. But take a look. Like you know, now that hindsight is twenty twenty, did you miss? somebody that you should have taken instead. I didn't think Woodruff would fall to me and it was down to Woodruff or Robert because out of our first seven, yeah, first seven picks in the draft, five of them were pitchers, you know, Bueller, Flaherty, Nola, Kershaw, Glassnow, all went in the first seven picks uh, right, after right. everyone kept three pick or uh, three keepers. So at that point it was clear that Brandon Woodruff was like the last number one, number one starter. I mean, you could make an so argument then, for so Lance Leonard, Maeda, so, so- but. So why didn't you take Woodruff there? Like that to me, that's my argument always. If that's your if that's your mindset, and forget what happens later in the draft because you don't know that outfielders are going to become so like over oversupplied. But in that moment, if you know Woodruff's not making it back to you, why not take him there? What was like what what forced your hand to not take the guy that you think is the best pitcher available, and you needed a pitcher? The thirty thirty or even like in a crazy world, 40-40 upside of Luis Robert. The fact mm-hmm. he's so young, okay. the fact he's great defensively, he's going to play every day. And we keep these lineups for another two years. So this is kind of like, I don't want to say like buying in. It's definitely paying a premium, which I don't like usually doing. But the upside of Robert seems much greater than the upside of Woodruff. I get so, Woodruff, yeah. but he's not as sexy. So you do like him. You really a little do bit, like him. A little bit. Okay. You know, okay. A little bit. It's not go. like it's not like you're it's not like you're, you know, oh my god, I ended up with him on my team. I mean, you he is on the block if anybody wants to shoot me an offer. <laughs> you have not, a not for that being a really good pick. Uh well, then it gets to me and uh you know, I, I wanted Robert. Obviously, I, I knew there was a chance I wasn't going to get him. I actually wanted I really wanted Manny Machado, but that wasn't going to happen. So I went with the next best third baseman, which is Rafael Devers. And the more I read up on him, uh, the more I, you know, I visualized the draft before the night, the night of the first day of the draft, because this is a slow draft, by the way, and it's a keeper league. That's why you guys are not seeing all the other big names here. Uh, but we already had kept three players. And mm-hmm. the more I thought about it, the more like, you know, I could, I could live with Rafael Devers on my team. And that's exactly what happened. I picked him up at third base. And as you guys will see, I didn't pick a pitcher right away. Um, oh, oh, I guess neither did Sean. And uh, well, Mario went three pitchers in a row. So I went we'll three get, straight pitchers. Yep. Yeah. Well, it's the starting pitchers. So we'll get to that. But yeah, looking back, because I, I on the turn, I would get Vladimir Guerrero. 
and looking back, you know, because I, I I know that pitchers went in a hurry, like they just disappear like water. And by looking back, I, I'm comfortable with it. I the only guy I really would have uh, considered was maybe Blake Snell at this spot, and maybe Brandon Woodruff. I didn't expect Woodruff to go this early, but uh, Aaron, uh, I guess, had his eye on him. I know that she wanted Clayton Kershaw, as we saw from her uh, pieces of napkin paper that she was using for this draft. But uh, uh, I'm <laughs> if, content. If my name's in front of hers, she's never getting Kershaw. That, that's unfortunately the way it goes. Yeah. That you're, I you're, take you're, Kershaw every draft, every year. Yeah, I, I, I remember that. And you already have Mike Trout, so it's like you, you're just getting everybody's uh, the best players uh, of all time at this point. Uh, right, right. I'm looking for Hall of Famers. I don't even care if they're good anymore. <laughs> I want them to wear my team's hat. Jose can say, go get your uniform on, damn it. <laughs> could probably still play. I just want my I mean, hat is he still on, using? on, their, on their, uh, their sculpture. Yeah. The Mario, the Mario Margola <laughs> Double hat. M, M&M. <laughs> That's it. So, yeah, I, I, I am content. I, I Once again, I... I you know, I'm bragging that I have one of the younger squads on the team, but then, you know, Sean pointed it out that you don't win any awards for having a youth on your team. And then I remember that, <laughs> you know what? I think I said the same thing last year, but I feel really good about it this year. You guys, I feel it really, really <laughs> do feel, but uh, so I got Guerrero, uh, obviously uh, Aaron, uh, the champion uh, from last year, the last two years, actually, uh, she wrote down Kenta Maeda at the top of her napkin. And that's exactly what happened. <laughs> Ian Anderson went right after uh, and then after that, uh, Sean got his guy, Corey Seager. There's Blake Snell. with, uh, And I didn't even need Anderson. Corey Seager. I already had a shortstop. I had Trevor Story. Corey. <laughs> God, I'm dying over here. So Corey so, Seager just occupied my middle infield slot with yeah. my second pick in the draft. And I'm like, oh, well, I guess I'm not getting anybody else I like in the middle infield. But I love Corey Seager. Contract yeah. year. Can't go wrong here. And then more pitchers were selected. Uh, anything stand out for the rest of that second round, you guys? Uh, let's start with Mario here. Just more starting pitching. You know, yeah. we said seven or five picks in the first seven. And you go six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 pitchers went 15 in the first two rounds. Like, it, that was the play. It, there was there was so many of them, which almost feels like um, the opposite. Like, if there's so many starting pitching, you could almost consider waiting. Mm-hmm. But that's not what happened, despite how many pitchers. Like, Blake Snell is a really good pick in a keeper league where you already have three, three players off the board for all every team. So you got 36 players gone. So Blake Snell is now technically in the fifth round. It's a really good pick. And yet he was the like ninth or 10th player uh, pitcher off the board. It just didn't stop. There was just starting pitching for days yeah. and everybody, including myself just bought in as we went. All right. Next yeah. Next yeah, it was Seager versus I'll Snell for me on that second one. And, of course, he went right after. But do we actually think Blake Snell's going to throw more than five innings? Like, for real? Well, that, but, like, don't you have to now? I mean, he, <laughs> he like, he was the face. They have a lot of options. They have a lot of options. They do. They do. They do but you don't Loaded. trade for Blake Snell after he was famously pulled from a game and essentially was like, I'm done. I'm done with this team now. You don't trade for him if you're then going to do the same thing to him. Well, if he so, starts going deep, does his arm fall off? He has a history of arm issues. I mean, okay, but I guess <laughs> it's a damned if you do, damned off, if you don't. You know? And that's you why know, I avoid it. But I really do like the I'd skill set. Out there, I'd rather him out there trying to give me 188 innings and let his arm fall off as opposed <laughs> to, listen, you're only getting 140 no matter what. Like, if his arm survives, he throws 200 innings. And then Sounds like Wally Backman, the Mets' former AAA manager. <laughs> God. Listen, let, let it go. Let, like, let him go. You, you don't trade for him to not use him at that point. So I, I, I think Blake Snell is a, honestly a home run pick. 
Moving on to the third round, uh, Denelson Lamette goes right away. And he's speaking of arm injuries. Uh, I, I see that there's a little red flag. I think there is uh, some sort of concern here. I forgot what it was. Mario, do you remember what it Oh, here it is. It's an elbow. It's an elbow issue. So we're off to a rocking start. Sonny Gray has a back issue. I know that because I was thinking about it, about drafting him. Uh, and then I see that he has a back problem. So, yeah, the pitchers are going early and the pitchers are already getting hurt. So, uh <laughs> couple of second basemen uh, slash uh, multiple eligible players in Calvin Vigio and Jeff McNeil, or as I like to call him, the Sean Flannery special right there, back-to-back. Hey. Uh, George, <laughs> George uh, I almost <laughs> called him George Foreman. George Springer going to James's team here. Uh, uh, let's see. Oh, Mario going to Zach Greinke. So, yeah, I got two future Hall of Famers, perhaps, right here. So, Clayton so let me jump in with Zach Greinke. Yeah. I, I don't remember if I said this on the air last, or last time I was on, if I said it afterwards. I think Zach Greinke is probably one of the most important people in everyone's draft. If no pitcher gives you 200 innings, he, he's probably going to be one of the few that gets you close. And mm-hmm. it's just so hard to look at. I mean, we just said Blake Snell. Like, his arm might fall off. He might be one arm by the end of the season. Yeah. Zach Greinke will throw until his arm actually falls off. Worked for Paul and Abbott. I, I, uh, Jim Abbott? Jim Abbott? about the guy through the no-hitter, right? Yeah, 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 with the one-handed no-hitter. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Paul Abbott. So, anyway. I, I think I think Zach Grinke is, like, I, I almost took him in the second round, and I really held my breath saying I, I can't afford to miss him. But I also just love Jose Barrios uh, too much. So I had to say Grinke. Grinke is, you know, if you're drafting, we're still drafting ahead, try to pencil him higher on your list because he's one of the few who can give you more innings than almost anyone else. He's mm. probably going to be top 10 in innings pitched by the end of the year. You could argue they're bad innings if you don't think he's good. I do think he's good. But you probably can't get as much volume as, as you can with him. So so, so something that I wanted to happen just happened. Uh, we interrupt this live programming for a live draft update. A certain someone that is on the podcast right now is on the clock. So... Do we want to do a oh, live on. pick or do we want to just uh, keep going and give him a second to make his live pick? Uh, I don't mind doing it, but it's, it's, it has not chimed yet. Did he make it already? Uh, no, he is on the clock. James just there made his is. pick. Oh, did he just make his pick right now? James did. So uh, uh, Mario's yeah. on the clock. Oh, Mario's, oh, Mario's on the clock. Well, who did James pick? I, don't get, I didn't get the chime yet. Hold on. My thing well, is you know what? You know what? I I, 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 was, I forgot to tell you guys that I would prefer it if uh, if we're on the podcast, we kind of suspend the po- uh, the draft just so. Ooh. But I'm curious. Who Are you James sure? Because I don't mind. I, I don't mind obviously making my pick. I'm the one who's essentially at risk, you know? <laughs> well, you're, you're, I mean, the clock is off, so it doesn't really matter. So, uh, True. Okay. Well, all right. Well, if you're if you want to make it, that's fine. Go ahead, Mario. But in the meantime, we'll move on over on this side. Uh, are you going to make it right now, though? Well, my question is, do you want me to talk through it at all or no? No, no, because we got like 20 other rounds to go through. So, okay, uh, okay. Yeah, that's why I kind of wanted to you hold may, on. I will make my pick while you continue. All right. Uh, Steven Strasberg going to Leon's team, who uh, is the host of the uh, Step Back Basketball Podcast over at the Ballist Life Group. Um, I know it, it – well, I mean, he's a Nationals fan, so he already got Patrick Corbin and now there's Steven Strasburg. Uh, mm. And I know Strasburg also comes with a little bit of a premium, but is this the right move to make, Sean? Let's start with you. Well, you know that I've usually always avoided Steven Strasburg, and especially now after the carpal tunnel, it's so even harder for me to pick him. But he has looked really good in spring. Okay. But at the same point, I feel like you never know. Steven Strasburg's going to do something, and then he's going to miss half the season 
And then the guy that you're relying on to be your SP1, SP2, uh, you don't have him anymore and you paid a premium for him. Granted, uh, in this format, he actually picked Corbin an entire round before Strasburg, which is kind of shocking. So Strasburg is maybe his SP3. I'm not sure if he kept a pitcher. He might have. So well, got, I was gonna say he's got at worst he's his SP three because he's yeah, two other which is uh, which is mitigates the risk. But I think if Patrick right. Corbin's your SP two, uh, it's still pretty risky. Um, but I, I like Strasburg there. I, I think that's okay because, like uh, Mario said, this is like three rounds have already happened. So Strasburg somewhere between rounds six and eight makes sense. So uh, Leon is stacked at starting pitching, uh, which makes me wonder how his hitting is, but we'll we'll deal with that another day. But here's his starting pitching so far. Shane Bieber, Tyler Glass, now Max Scherzer. Oh, God. Uh, and then Patrick Corbin, Steven Strasburg. So that's outstanding. <laughs> that's yeah. Ridiculous. So, um, yeah, he's okay. Take it back. Everything I've said about him having risky pitching. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I guess that's something to consider is roster structure at this point, at the point of this draft. And uh, at that point, I don't know, man, uh, that's I mean, I understand why he did it, but it seems like there was a lot of good hitters to also select from. Uh, it's a little bit of a homer pick from him, but I mean, you can't argue the the strong starting five uh, that he has so far right there. Just makes me wonder how they're hitting would look at the end of it when it's all said and done. Uh Andrew, our favorite Irish person, went with Ketel Marte, Yuan Mancada. Might as well call you the Mad Dog uh, Bushnell. Says this is looking like my buddy Matt Bushnell's team <laughs> over at the Mardi Gras Baseball League. Uh, that's uh, he has like every. I, I, I was uh, working on it last night. Uh, the other the other draft uh, preview or uh, prepping for that second draft that I'm going to do tonight. And I look at Matt Bushnell's team over at the Football Life Podcast, the Audible. And uh, yeah, it's all White Sox players and it, you're looking just like it, Sean. <laughs> I mean, I was I was cracking myself up when I was picking these guys. I was like, oh, my God, is because I, I was going to pick Cattell Marte over Mankata and then try and get Mankata on that return where I ended up getting Eloy Jimenez. That didn't work out. So I just went ahead and got Mankata, you know, got my guy. And then Will I Smith, like it. I support it. Will Smith was going to be the guy I got on the, the comeback. I was going to get him early, get him off the board, yeah. secure him. But uh, Jet had to go and ruin my plans. Thanks a lot, Jet. You're the best. Yeah, I was kind of shocked at the Will Smith pick, but uh, I mean, like I said, if, if well, like we've been saying this whole time, if you believe if you believe in him that much, you, you got to go for it. So um, I went with Anthony Rizzo. I know I went back to back first baseman, but you know, I was trying to kind of go outside my box. Mm-hmm. Plus, I've it's been a while since I drafted Anthony Rizzo, and I and you know I, th- that was a total homer pick. I'll admit it. I do like the guy a lot, and I feel like this is a bounce back year for him and. Might be the last one with the Cubs uniform. I don't know. I don't know. What what I'll never understand with Rizzo is he's yeah. getting picked outside the top 100 again uh, yeah. by average ADP, but he's still projected he's to be a top 30, top 40 hitter. Like, right. He's, he's the most he's boring like the pick and nobody ever picks him. I picked him. He's <laughs> the highest four guy in the league, honestly. He's, yeah. he's never going to kill your team. He's, Plus, we, he's uh, as as, yeah, I love the guy. We switched to walks and strikeouts this year uh, as opposed to walk and strikeout ratio. So now walks and strikeouts are now individual uh, scoring categories. And I felt like Rizzo was perfect for this league uh, in uh, at least to get me those two categories. So I was, I was excited. I, I don't normally pick first baseman this early uh, with Vladimir Guerrero and Anthony Rizzo, but I felt like I had to, just like Sean had to pick Corey Seager to fill out his middle infield spot. I did the same with my corner infield spot. And uh, that mean, that means that a lot of good third basemen and uh, other uh, mid middle uh, middle pack middle of the pack first basemen are not going to be picked by me. At least it, that shouldn't be the case. But we'll see. It's still an early uh, draft here. Uh, Devin Williams finishes out the third round. That's another good pick by Aaron, I think. 
Uh, so she went also, she also went pitching heavy uh, early in this draft before she settled on the turn with Brandon Lau, which is, that's the way I got to say it now because I, I get confused with the Lowe brothers, unless Sean's telling me, telling me that I'm mispronouncing No, br- that Brandon is Lau. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a mnemonic device, right? Brandon yes. Lau. That's how I remember. Uh, Matt Chapman going to uh, Jets team. That's a solid pick. And I Matt, like that pick. I really I'm do. Curious. I'm curious here because um, I, I know there's a lot of good pitchers that went, and I feel like uh, Sean mm-hmm. had something to say about the Kevin Gossman pick, but the, my reasoning is uh, I was not um, – a fan of picking up. I have been saying it this whole off season uh, with you guys and Henry the other week before that, that I am not a fan of any like pitchers of uh, this year as I can't trust them. I, I think I made up, I've been making comments about how anybody in the top 12, top 15 and starting pitching rankings. Uh, it might as well be a crapshoot. I do have Lucas Giolito as he was the one I could trust coming into this year. But what this, what I wanted to do in this draft is I wanted to get like solid veteran pitchers, especially pitchers like Kevin Gosman, who actually helped me last year, and he's still with the Giants. He's healthy. Uh, so, and, and and here's another secret for you guys before I keep going. Uh, before I, I, I flip it over to Sean here, Kevin Gosman is a top 25 pitcher for me, and I know that in in, uh, in most rankings he's like top 50, but I like him so much that I moved him way up, and I wanted to make sure I didn't lose out on him uh sean what you, is your gripe with kevin gossman do you have him honestly rank higher than ryu and hendrix yeah it's all uh wow. well, well hendrix is a separate thing so uh, hendrix isn't my relief pitching um no 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 kyle hendrix kyle hendrix oh, oh yeah yeah i, I wow I, uh, you know you know what it is sean you know wow. what, what kyle, you know what kyle hendrix is to me kyle hendrix is the um oatmeal no he's a david fletcher of pitchers you know <laughs> and he's on my he's on my favorite team he's on the cubs right so you know and he's on a really bad Cubs team. At least the Giants appear to be somewhat competitive, so he'll get the cheap wins. And I and my eyes were open from last year. I had him last year. I trusted him uh, as a veteran pitcher. I mean, I could have gotten Jose Lazardo, who I also had last year. And I go, no, I want, I want, I want pitchers that I can trust. I was gonna say the next four pitchers that went after him: Lazardo, Stroman, Ryu, and Hendricks. Yeah, I would take almost basically all of them. I'm I not. I, I might guys. take Gossman over Lazardo, maybe. But Strowman, Ryu, and Hendricks, I'd all pick over Gossman. Nope, can't do it. Can't do it. No, nope. Kevin Gossman, number 21. Uh, where's, where's Ryu? Ryu's 30. And uh, who's the other guy? I mean, Strowman. how many innings pitch is Gossman going to have to go up against the Six. Padres and the Dodgers? Well, we saw it last in, year. In Colorado. Sean, we saw it last year. He survived just fine. He's, I mean, he, there was this one game against the Dodgers where we talked about on the podcast where he held his own. Like, not, like nothing. He struck out eight guys, and I think he went seven strong innings. So I, I don't know. Count me out. Well, I mean, I mean Luzardo, we, we, we talked about it a couple weeks ago. And he's your SP2, right? SP2? SP2, yeah, yeah. Okay. No, no I, I'll tell you, like I said, starting pitching was not a priority for me this year. because I, I, oh, you, you can look at my pitching staff right now, and you can see it's an absolute fluster cluck, so. <laughs> but, like, that's what I'm talking about. I wanted guys that I can trust, and, and I think we talked about it. And it's like, you know, all these top tw- – they're – the top 20, top 15 list, it's like, it's it's a crapshoot. It's going to be on shuffle. We talked about Jesus Azardo. You made a joke about, is he even going to get to over 130 innings? And and I'll take the <laughs> other one that you said. Marcus Stroman, who I never trust. He uh, Ryu, I love the name. He reminds me of a video game character. Um, but he's over 30 years old. And I don't know. He's just, to me, he's just a soft tossing left-handed pitcher. Isn't Gossman Hendricks, over 30 years old? Yeah, but come on. <laughs> I'm sorry. You, I rest you, my case on, on your you honor. Talk, you talked about um, Ryu. I'm sorry. Cost, cost me being over 30 and, you know, having to face a very tough division. 
Ryu's even worse. He has to face a tough Red Sox offense, a tough uh, Yankees offense, a, a, a pesky Rays offense, and and then he has to pitch in Baltimore. And you know, so he he had. I mean, listen, none of this is easy. The schedules are not going to be easy, regardless, right? Because everybody's just hitting bombs, and pitchers are not going. You know, we talked about it what we, uh, a couple weeks ago with Mario. We're not expecting these pitchers to go more than uh, to touch two hundred innings. So, I mean, it, it, the real, if we really wanted to put a premium on pitching, Lance Lynn would have been the number one pick overall because we talked about him being maybe one of those few guys that can go over 200 innings. And he went to Jets team like late in the first end of the first round. round. Yeah, end of the first so, round. So, no, I, and, and then he's over 30, yeah. you know, and he, and he picks in a hitter friendly ballpark. So, uh. <laughs> so it's like, what is the point? And then what? Henry went back as we, we kind of move, uh, turn around the fifth round. Carlos Carrasco, he felt good about that. And then oh, the elbow issues and the calf issues. No, he, he tore his hamstring. He tore his tore hamstring. hamstring. hamstring yeah. Yeah. So, and then Mike Soroka goes, I mean, come on. Noah Syndergaard? So you talk about me getting the, a risky guy and Kevin Gossman. These guys, I feel like these guys are much riskier. So it's, uh, uh, but before I'd, we I'd pick Syndergaard even coming off Tommy John over Kevin Gossman. Uh, well, and, and that was funny because James came up depends, to us. Right? He James came up to like Jacob and Andrew and was like, I I know I reached for him like massively. Mm-hmm. He's like, but with you guys in this draft, I didn't know if I was actually gonna get him. So I had to go get him. Then it's not and, a reach. Because yeah. there's like 20 Mets fans in here, including myself, that I was lying. Right. I know a center guard. And and Mario has you know, has been on these airwaves telling us how much he likes Noah Syndergaard. But unlike yeah, James, yeah. though, you, you have to be aggressive. But unlike James, if I may. Aaron Nola, Max Fried, he has pitching. I don't have. And he any... got Plezak and Paddock. I love his pitching staff. I'm just now looking at it, like in its yeah. totality. I love all of those starters. Well, Freed, Freed, I'm a little a wishy washy on, and Nola, I think, is good but not great. But all five of those, like together, yeah. is a really good pitching staff. No, it's a very good pitching staff. But unlike James, I don't have that good pitching staff. I only had Lucas Giolito, and I wanted someone I could trust in my in my SP two, and I and that was my that was my game plan was to just go after veteran pitchers I can trust and and just uh hope for the best because hey, listen Mario has been on the uh, on this show numerous times and every year every damn year he goes well Felipe I really like your your, your starting pitching it's really great and every year my starting pitching lets me down <laughs> so if they're gonna let me down I might as well just focus on my hitters this year so which is something I don't do I try to be very balanced about things, but like I, like I've been mentioning earlier in this podcast, I went outside my little box, and uh, so far I am content. Uh, but uh, if we we talked about the other pitchers. Let's go with Sean. Uh, just wanted to bring up Sean picks yet another White Sox player. I and, didn't uh, want him. Another White Sox player. Uh, I didn't want another one. Another one. I didn't <laughs> want. Him, I basically I took him anyway. in my next four picks, three of them are util only. I mean, yes, Eloy has left field, and he should keep left field. But I feel like all three of these guys are going to be util only. And yeah, it's going to kill me because you you have Kyle Tucker already, who was only left field only. Well, so, Kyle yeah. Tucker is ske- uh, slated to play right field, so he'll pick up right field eligibility early oh, okay. in the year. All right, so it's only going to take five games for that to happen. Yeah. All right, where were we? Okay, so Marcelo Zuna, which is, <laughs> that's a really good pick up by Leon Tompkins. That is, uh, it was, that was yeah. a great pick. Uh, and then we get to JT Real Mudo. Um, Mario doesn't care that he has a thumb injury. He went for it in the fourth round. Um, so how, uh, let me jump yeah, in. I, I will admit I went against myself. I actually did not want him either. Ah! But when, I saw Will, when I saw Will Smith go in the third round, mm-hmm. I basically said to myself, I, I, don't, I don't like Salvador Perez this year. I don't like... Um, truth to power. Like truth to power. Uh, so, like, I don't... Uh, Gary Sanchez is obviously the one that, that we've talked about would be a nice upside guy. But it, 
Rio Muto was there. And I felt like, okay, I obviously have to get a, a hitter after taking three straight pitchers. Right. It was a best available position of need. If this were a one-catcher league, I probably don't even look at him. Mm. But because it is a two-catcher league, my thought is, all right, the same thing like I did a couple of years ago that, that failed miserably. You know, get <laughs> someone who's not going to hurt my team in that spot. And with a two-catcher, the way I'm playing it this year is if Rio Muto, let's say, washes out every single person's catcher one, then my second catcher is going to be the same as if it's just a normal one-catcher league. So that was my thinking, was at least clear out anyone who could do better by grabbing Rio Muto, and then I'll play it how everyone else plays it. You know, by that point, 12 to 18 catchers will be off the board, and I'll grab the, the next one. So I still don't have a second catcher to this to this day, um, which is, looking back, I'm happy I took Rio Muto when I did, because it now has allowed me to not even look catcher for the last, like, whatever it is, 15, uh, 20 rounds. Yeah, so basically while I didn't want him yet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, while I didn't want him, he fit exactly what I would want to do, which is lock down something I don't have to think about, and I and it's not going to hurt me elsewhere. Like I wasn't, there was. I'm looking at the next, you know, ten picks. Mm. There's not anyone I would have taken instead of Rodolfo. Now that I see how it how it played out, so I, and I would admit if I regret it because I miss picks all the time, I don't end up regretting it because of what happened. It was kind of a calculated gamble, but it's not my style. So there you go. I did. I did kind of step away from my my thing. Oh, okay, so a couple of guys going outside their box. Interesting. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt, yep. that's a solid but unspectacular pick in my book, but it, it's a really good pick by James. Uh, it is a good pick. It is. Yeah. Uh, just uh, we know what to expect mm-hmm. at this point. Michael Brantley, that's another one that's a safe pick for Henry. Uh, David Fletcher, that's a homer pick. And then we obviously talk about all those other pitchers. Kyle Hendricks goes in the turn in the fifth round. Uh, Luke Voigt, uh, who Henry last week was on the show uh, talking very – gallantly about him goes to Mike Harvey out in the West coast, Eastern Washington. We talked about these other two pitchers here, Soroka, Syndergaard. We get to judge back to Mario. Uh, that's a really good pick in the fifth round. Okay, is, so, th- yeah. that, that string of three picks right there was fantastic. Yeah. So I think, and I, and I wanted to bring this up and, and uh, so on, you asked me before the draft, like before we got on the air, something about this draft. And I said, hold on, I have a point I want to make. And this is, this is it. Somebody said right around this time, Something about the fan tracks rankings being like wild. And I realized I had it, and I know everyone else did, had it sorted by score, like projected score. And that's why so many pitchers were so highly, um, yep. you know, highly shown on, the, on, on fan tracks. So when you're looking through it, like everybody does this, despite if you have your own rankings, you want to see what do you think someone else is going to do? You know, you said that somebody was afraid they weren't going to get Syndergaard because it's Mets fans. Well, it's the same thing here, right? Like, yeah. If I wanted to take Rio Muto, who was I going to lose in order to get Rio Muto? Is it a normal thing you'd ask yourself? And somebody said it right around that pick. I, it was, I was very lucky that I didn't pick yet. Something like, wow, these rankings are really wild. And I realized, like, like a buffoon, I hadn't even checked. If I sorted it by ADP. Uh, yeah, I, I were, kept the entire draft. I had it sorted by ADP. Yeah, same. From the beginning? Yeah. Okay, so I didn't realize this for about four rounds. And when I clicked it, I, I looked at the talent available. I was like, this is a mistake. <laughs> this is why everybody's picking pitchers. Yeah. This, like, it, it basically answered every question for me. And then I said, okay. So now I'm looking. And the people who are available in the fifth round, which is really the eighth round with three keeper rounds, is Aaron Judge, Charlie Blackman, uh, Trent Grisham. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I, I got to pick one of these guys. These are the, These are way undervalued and i think they were undervalued largely because even if even if you saw it sean 
I won't say four of the people saw it, at least half the league, including myself, was drafting off of essentially the wrong rankings. It, yep. You know, shame on us for not like clicking through it. I'm not complaining. I'm saying that it actually <laughs> then gave me an edge when somebody said, I was like, oh, this is a wonderful discovery. And the next, you know, I, I don't have to skip ahead, but my next three picks were essentially highest available ADP because now I know they're four rounds later than they should be. And I just couldn't pass up. So Aaron Judge, uh, it was just, that, that's the easiest thing I've ever made. I'm looking at him in the eighth round, essentially. And okay, you know, he's my, he's my pick. So I had to bring that up because that was a wacky moment in the draft where, thank God, somebody said it in the chat that kind of flipped exactly how I was looking at everything. I would have yeah. missed him otherwise. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's you, mentioned, you mentioned Charlie Blackman, Trent Grisham, and that's exactly what happened. Yep. Although for poor Andrew, uh, I think Grisham got hurt recently. Oh, did uh, he? What? Yeah. Uh, oh. Hamstring. He's got, hamstring. He's got, yeah. Uh, Sixto Sanchez, which I was hoping I can get him back on the turnaround. That that's not what happened. Uh, SP1, so went... Sixto Sanchez. <laughs> God, yeah. my team is, is he screwed. No. He's my SP1. He... Well, last year you I were mean, screwed too. Awesome, but that's... <laughs> No, I mean, he was listen. Sean was screwed last year too. He also did not put a premium on pitching last year, and he turned out okay. So, I, I got to be honest, Sean. I, now seeing that, how did you not take Brandon Woodruff in the first round? Seeing that Sixto Sanchez, or at least like make an effort in the second round, because <laughs> in that second round, uh, the guys like Barrios, Corbin, Freed. I, I do like Marquez. I don't like Marquez that early, but um, sure, I, sure, I'm not as high on those guys. Lamet. I have issues with Gray, I think is currently injured. And I, I, I would have picked Gray, but I, 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 I I'm, I'm, like every round, you went four rounds, you know, like four yeah. rounds. After oh, it, it was wild. And, but I feel like I'm not playing pitching for this year. Like, I feel like I have a couple of guys in that I'll be able to stream the waiver wire pretty well. Um, okay. but like going I mean, into next year, hopefully the, the two starting pitchers I keep are Sixto and Otani. Uh, who ended up being okay. a couple of picks later. But for yeah, this year, I picked up, pick, and this is going to be later, but McCullers, Montas, and uh, Tyler Molly. I, I like all of those guys. And I think I picked right. a okay. lot of, like, instead of having a clear, like, SP1, SP2, I feel like I had, like, four SP3s that are, could be twos. Mm-hmm. And just by pure I volume, I'm hoping to keep hitting, it up. Yeah, I mean, your hitting is so good that you're basically saying – don't sink me with the pitching. Yeah. Like let my pitching just, just stay afloat. But just looking at how it played out. I mean, there, you did really, you basically punted pitching yeah. and then said, I'll take it. You know, you punted 2021 pitching. For 2022 pitching. Be, Cause I, I picked yeah, Otani exactly. knowing that he's probably by the time he gets SP eligibility, cause he's technically not going to have it, which not, is kind of messed yeah. up, but I, I, I won't yeah. say anything. Um, maybe I get like five starts from him this year, but then he's an automatic keeper. He's a guy who I almost kept over Tucker. So I knew I was going to reach yep. to get him anyway, but, uh, yeah, if I get him next year and he's throwing hundred miles an hour with nasty splitters and sliders, then yeah, like he could be a legit SP one SP two. If he starts just 25 games or 20 games, like, so I- I'm okay with it, especially yeah. since I end up keeping Otani and Sanchez. That's uh, I, I like it's that. Just, build. It's just that six though being your SP one. Oh, it's brutal! It's absolutely brutal. Oh, it it hurt my heart. Yeah, 
So he's now, awesome, look, again, but you know, look, looking at Sean, Sean's situation, I, I no longer feel as bad about my starting pitching rotation at this point. Um, <laughs> I'm here to make you feel better, Felipe. Yeah, well, I don't need you to make me feel better, but I'm noticing the comments about. Uh, did people not know what happened last year with Kevin Gossman? What, what the fuck am I missing here? <laughs> Eleven. Okay, so here, are the, I, I, I can't believe I'm doing this. Okay, uh, last year, Kevin Gossman, you know, starting pitcher for your San Francisco mm-hmm. Giants, big ballpark, tough division, though, as we mentioned. Almost 12 strikeouts per nine, 2.41 walks per nine. Uh, what's the ERA of 362, FIP of 309, XFIP of 306. What? what? <laughs> I mean, the honest. So I stayed quiet for most of it, Felipe, but the main question is do you think he'll do it again? I mean, that's all it comes down to. I'm sorry, what was the question? Do you think he'll do it again? Yeah, I think so. I, okay, it's, I mean, it's the that, same that's you know, you're, you're, same team and everything. You're, you're not like you're what's the word like your play of him isn't wrong it's just whether your outlook of him is wrong which it may not be but you know it's well at that point I mean, uh, listen i i i couldn't hate it because you did exactly what i said to do. you wanted him you got him <laughs> and you didn't mess around and i and i really like i mean when i say i have no objection with that pick but you are the high man on him so you you really basically all you did was give yourself no wiggle room to be wrong that's it. Yeah. You, he's got to be right. If if he's wrong, you're really, really behind the eight ball. But not really. I mean, he, not really. Because like I said, starting pitching well, is such a, a crapshoot. Right? I'm sorry. Was that? Yeah, Gio Lito. Yeah. Little, yeah. You, so there's okay, a little bit so of insurance it's there. Not the end of the world. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that's the same two common. This is the two same pitches I had last year that kind of carried me to a <clears throat> first place finish in the regular season. So, um, <laughs> but uh, no, I, I feel. I mean, the way I see it, pitching so volatile, it's not really that big of a of a reach or mm-hmm. or of a risk for me. Because I mean, if you look at all the pitchers that are available, I mean, there's still plenty out there, and you might as well just play the hot hand on waiver wires anyway. So, uh, so even if Gossman falters and you know he's uh, exposed for whatever. I'm I'm okay with it because it, you know, like I said, I had better pitching last year, and they all suck last year. I think Giolito, even Giolito, <laughs> got to a very slow start last year before he he got it together. But he was my only mainstay. So, um, moving on to Liam Hendricks. Uh, so that's something I talked about too on this podcast. I want to go aggressive after these closers, and it was between Chapman and mm-hmm. Hendricks, and I went with Hendricks because he was a year younger and and something that Mario kind of talked me out of it a uh, couple of weeks ago. If he gets hit hard again you know, will the Yankees give up on him because they have so much depth at bullpen and like, yeah, you know what? That's a good point. But the, ultimately it's, which, a, which it's by a, the way, I, yeah. so I doubt will happen, but it, it's just, just something you have to draft in the back of your mind. So yeah, I'm glad and, you thought about it. That's all I ask. Like, like no, plus, just think it, about that. Don't, you know. in my mind, I kept thinking like, so what happens if uh, the Yankees, you know, decide to utilize them more? Not that, not that that's going to happen, but, but what if, right? It's, it's all about what ifs. Right. Um, right. And we've seen, Chapman kind of falter in that late inning assassin role. He wants to pitch in the ninth, and that's it. If the right. White Sox do the same thing with Liam Hendricks, I know for sure that Hendricks will flourish in that role too. So that's the that's other. True. That's a good point. That's a really uh, good point. I have no problem with that pick. It makes it makes all the sense in the world. Uh, Jet though went with Alex Colomay, which uh, I'm sorry, that's a real Alex, Alex Colomay with Liam Hendricks on the board makes no sense. It's uh, back to I, I, no, no, I put no, in the uh, comment I, section. I, I got no, it, first. it was right I got after. first. It was so, after Hendricks. Uh, oh, okay. It was going the other but, way. But Chapman's okay. available. Yeah, that, that's it's. I, I, I don't get it. I don't like Alex Colomay. I like Rizal Iglesias, James Karinchak, and Ryan Presley went th- four rounds later. And I think all of those guys are infinitely better than Colomay. I'm not even sure if Colomay has the closer's job. 
Like uh, no, they're still. I think they're still competing with each. It's other. gonna be like a half and half with him and Taylor Rogers. Yeah, and uh, again, it goes it goes back to. Uh, oh, there's a. Oh, that's from March fourth. Never mind. Okay, so uh, listen, Colome Rogers, and, and again, you got to think about who would flourish in a seventh, eighth inning role. The answer is Rogers. This yeah. is a whole. This is a holds league, and this is a, a rate stat league as well. So who would put the better rate stats? Taylor Rogers. Who ends up with Taylor Rogers? This guy right here. So I do my homework. <laughs> Uh, okay, we'll pat you on the back, Felipe. We're patting you on the back. Goddamn right you will. And for the Kevin Gossman <laughs> pick, too. Uh, Salvador Perez, uh, uh, Aaron going aggressively. So she must be listening to this podcast. Okay, okay. She's listening to my advice. She took uh, two of your players in, on back-to-back picks right there. Oh, yeah. Well, well not just – well, I, I was okay losing Kevin Hayes, but the next pick, like she got Wilson Contreras very early. And I go, you know, I, I was chatting with her for whatever reason. And, and, and I go, you know what, Aaron, forget. I don't want to talk to you anymore. You got Wilson Contreras off of me. I, I, I had him queued up for that round and she took him from me. So, but no, we'll, we'll go back to the fifth round. Salvador Perez, uh, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, uh, to finish off the fifth round, Cabrian Hayes to start the sixth round, Eric Cosmer, um, Max Muncy, who I was, fit, I know I never draft Max Muncy, not even in my mock drafts. But when I saw that he was also, uh, I, I, I remember that he was second base eligible and I had to do it. I had to do it. I, I, there I, were so and, many position players on the board in this round yeah. that should not have been there. Uh, Muncie yeah. was one, Alvarez was two, Bryant and Suarez, and then Grandall and Marte at the end of the round. The fact that they yeah. were all was, there in what was technically gosh, round like round. nine or ten yeah. is insane. I don't yeah. even like Starling Marte. I would have picked Starling Marte if he came back around again. I'm sorry, right, Mario. This, this was the moment. This was the moment where. Everyone realized basically again after the Aaron, after my Aaron Judge pick when I when I realized I, I need the next three picks are going to be the best hitters available and if you didn't take Jordan Alvarez I would have um, I Chris I Bryant I just I could not not take him it, it was you know I still think he's I still think he's got potential to be excellent and even if he's not excellent anymore I paid a ninth round for him like that okay you he's going to be better than the ninth. Whatever, whatever pick that is, you know, nine times twelve, he'll be better than the hundred something player. That would be a mistake. So, I had to, I took Chris Bryant just because best available hitter at that point. But Sam, like you said, Grandal afterwards, Starling Martin. Like, these are these are hitters, partly because of the ADP thing, and partly because of so many pitchers who went early, just got pushed back to the point that now it was okay. Like we're just going to scoop them all up. When you took Alvarez, I would have. <laughs> you didn't. So uh, I don't know if you guys heard that, but uh, the siren just went off. I, I I didn't realize that my draft thing was on. So yes, I just picked Joe Adele. Okay, who did Mario Ooh, pick? I had him. I had him in my queue from before my queue was wiped. Ahem, ahem. Um, Damn, but man, I wasn't someone, this, someone picked Leo Tavares. That's that's kind of disappointing. I wanted Leo. Leo, uh, I hate. Oh my god, he's got nah, so much. He's like so high up draft boards. I'm like, why? He's not even a good hitter. But he, this is the twentieth. <laughs> This is past the 20th round at this point. It's, it's like, true. Oh. It is the 23rd round. Yeah. So, uh, well, I'm not drafting because I have a show to do. So, uh, you know, if. Ooh. Hey, hey, hey. I have all special. day. The clock is off. <laughs> the, the clock is off. I'm sorry. The clock is off. I don't have to do it right now. So, uh, so yeah, what Max Muncy was my pick. Jordan Alvarez. I was thinking about him and uh, I knew that Sean would get him. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, but I thought I had to get the second baseman right now because the second base we talked about on this podcast, second base just is it's just brutal this year. I absolutely hate the second baseman. But there's Marcus Simeon, and I decided no, I'll let him go. I'd rather have Max Muncy and his power over. Uh, I Simeon, agree. But that's, that's a good. A I, I would pick Muncy over Simeon too. 
but it's still a good pick for okay. Leon. I, I'm not gonna hate on it. There's mm-hmm. Chris Bryant, Eugenio Suarez. Jorge. This this one was very mysterious to me. And, and and Jacob's joining us. Maybe he could explain on the uh, on the chat why he went with Jorge Alfaro. Uh, to give you guys some context here, Jorge Alfaro on my list. Oh, screw your list, Felipe. No, 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 not screw my list. <laughs> but Jorge Alfaro is the 22nd best catcher on my list, going in the sixth round. Um, to me, that was the worst pick in this in this round. But uh, that's just me. Uh, any thoughts on Jorge? I, I don't hate it as early? much. Yeah, I, I should step in. I don't hate it that much because that much. again, okay. two catcher, two catcher league. You're either going with one really good one and probably one bomb, which is how I'm playing it. But this or early two. It, it so again. It's never it's too early. early, but, but it's never it's too never, early. Never too early. Um, I mean, I would take Grandel before Alfaro, but after that, like, yes, yeah, there. Okay, I should put it this way: there are people I would take over Alfaro at this point, but. He's not a bad pick in himself. It's just that, it, you know, if, if he has a chance to be a much better hitter with less competition in Miami. They, they basically took the job away from him because he can't catch, but they know he has to be their catcher. Like, the, he, he lost his job for like a day, but he has a job. So he's going to get opportunities. Yeah. Theoretically, you could say you could have waited on him, but that's the whole thing. If you like him, don't bother. Just take I him guess. at that point because – Two rounds later, he then took, or yeah, two picks later, took James McCann. James McCann's probably a better pick than Alfaro, but if you if you want Alfaro, you can't take the chance of of the next seven picks being catchers, and then you're you know you're really scrambling. So I, I don't feel like that one is good because both of them are gonna like when you look at other catchers, even Grandall. I think those two catchers play a higher percentage of their team's games mm-hmm. than Grandall or Darno. Uh, the only exactly. thing I don't get is he picked Alfaro before before Wilson Contreras was even off the board. So I mean, you, you probably could have gone uh, Contreras, Alfaro, or Contreras McCann. Either way, I, yeah. I think if you're going for the volume play and trying to get the catchers that will play the most games, it makes some sense. Uh, okay, that's so what I'm saying. I, it's not in a vacuum. It's not bad. But it's they're going to tank your OBP. Both of them will tank your you OBP. Could, like, they're going to take everything. <laughs> Listen, I know that I'm a big proponent of Salvador Perez, but at least Salvador Perez produces. Uh, and I know I'm a big proponent of, you know, playing time over everything else, right, for catcher. But it has to be, you know, productive playing time, right? It just can't. Because Tucker Barnhart yeah, but will you get that, you but, but, but all the plate appearances, and he'll point, get you nothing. Yeah, but to Sean's point, like, if you're in a split, I mean, you're really capping what you can do. It's is probably going to play – more than almost every other guy that was drafted after him, even Grandel. Like that, that is well, something. Can play if you want to think they're bad innings, you know, catchers are. I'm worried Grandel is breaking down. Catchers. Yeah. Uh, he shouldn't. Uh, he just signed that contract with the White yeah, Sox. Yeah. What, what, what <laughs> happens yeah, like, to catchers after they get paid, Felipe? Uh, they, I don't know. I mean, they fall apart. The <laughs> is that what happens? I don't he's know. Got, he's got five years on Alfaro. Five years as a catcher is a that's a long, and he's not going to first base. Yeah, I, I don't hate Grandal at all. I actually like him. I would have taken it before Alfaro. But my point is, in a vacuum, that pick is not bad. It's just the guys that, that you could have taken instead are a preference pick, which yeah. all three of us would have made a different preference pick, but it's not wrong. All right. I mean, the guy, okay. by the way, took Kevin Gossman. Just saying. You can't well, argue I mean, that, Kevin you know, Gossman had a good year. Alfaro has never had any, anything like, <laughs> worth saying, noting. In but, terms uh, of rankings, you, you can't hate someone's rankings there. That's all it is. I know. I'm curious. That means that he does have Alfaro as a top five, top three catcher at this point. So it just 
it's mind-boggling to me. But regardless, uh, that's him. He can explain it better on the chat if he wants. Arolis Chapman going to uh, uh, Mike from Washington. There's Osmani Grandal, who uh, I'm pretty sure uh, Henry was dancing in the streets in Bronx over there when he got him. Um, Starling Marte. Alec Bohm, that's a really – I like Alec I, I love that pick. I, I was hoping he'd make it back. Uh, Carlos Correa, that's another good pick. Uh, uh, you know, Henry hates the Astros, but he loves himself some Carlos Correa. Uh, Travis Darno, they got another catcher better than Jorge Alfaro. <laughs> Dominic Smith, um, going back to Jacob. Uh, I'm a big fan of Dominic Smith, as you guys know. The only thing I don't like about him is this is the playing opportunity. So I'm pretty sure Jacob is banking on the uh, left field the, thing, the left field thing. So uh, it's a damn shame. I think uh, the Mets would be one of those few teams in the National League that would. So benefit from a designated hitter. They and would, a, for sure. And, and it's a crime because they have a lot of good players on that team. Uh, Zach Plesak, you mentioned him earlier in the, in the podcast, you guys. Randy Rosarena going I like to Mario. That, I, it was like like I said, that, that Judge Bryant Rosarena for three rounds was just fantastic. I, I just could not do it. And I had let, I had my outfield filled pretty much. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I don't really love Rosarena this year. Like, I expected to regress. But I said it last podcast, like, there's going to be people who are going to downplay everything from 2020. So why not be the guy who plays it up? Yeah. And if that's the case, I'll take a Rosarena because if 2020 is real, he's like a third round pick next year at, at the latest. So that became just, I couldn't pass it up. And then moving on to Josh Bell. <laughs> it's another Homer pick by Leon, but it's, <laughs> I think at this point, I think uh, first base was running out anyway. So he got what would be deemed a lot. Oh no, Matt Olson. Wow. He went Josh Bell over Matt Olson. That's interesting. I mean, you, I guess you could maybe make the argument that Matt Olson, if you view him as a batting average liability, like yeah, Joey yeah, Gallo yeah. levels. Yeah. But I, I still think Matt Olson's more of like a true 240, 250 hitter rather than the like 190 or 210 that he was in 2020. I, I would pick Olson over Bell, but I get the argument on why yeah. Bell might be a safer pick. Yeah, I understand. He was a Bell in a new team, a new lineup. You don't yeah. know that he's not going to Behind Juan Soto. That's, that's yeah, a big really, really upgrade right there. Uh, let's see here first. Oh, Shohei Otani. Uh, and, and you do know was Sean. A great pick. Otani was a great pick. But you do know that he doesn't qualify a pitcher just yet, right, Sean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's... Would a pitcher lose pitcher eligibility if he were hurt? He did. Otani did. That's well, not no, fair. No, not sure. I don't know what to tell you. Hey, hey, I'm, I'm okay with it. He's probably only going to start like 11 or 12 games. So maybe if I don't get him for five, I get him for seven. But my issue is going to be trying to get him into the hitting lineup uh, when I already have people like Eloy Jimenez and Jordan Alvarez who might have to be in that util slot. So it'll be yeah, tough, but I'm Otani was a banking on the next two years type of pick. And he was a guy who I really wanted. Um, I wasn't able to keep, but I really wanted. So I just wanted to go ahead and make sure I got him. And uh, Mario, you had anything to add there? I think uh, you were uh, saying no, no, something. No, I was just going to say that because he batted, that's what that's what basically screwed everyone over. Because he actually batted, he wasn't just a pitcher. Like you said, would a pitcher lose if they got hurt? No, because he wouldn't play. But he did play, and he played as a hitter. So the leagues are trying to treat it that like, well, no, 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 he's a hitter. But I agree with you; it's stupid. But unfortunately, that's. That is he's also an insanely good hitter, so I'm okay if he I is, just have to is. use him as a hitter. <laughs> I love the fact that you picked him there. And if I didn't have to take a Rosarena, I would have probably taken Otani. Mm -hmm. I mean, so I, I saw it somewhere on Twitter the other day that, you know, in spring training and back-to-back -back appearances, he took uh, Bieber deep 
And then in the next game that he played in, he started, and then he struck out Jose Abreu on like three pitches. Uh, so that was like taking the Cy- like- American League Cy Young deep and then striking out the American League MVP. Yeah. Uh, I wonder how many times no, that's he, happened. He, it can't be very common. Yeah. Uh, moving on to my pick, I got Nick Castellanos. Uh, I'm a big fan of his. Good pick. Uh, Good pick. If anything, like he'll get he'll lead the league in doubles again, and that <laughs> that'll secure me the doubles category. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I needed a right fielder. Uh, there was a lot of there was a lot of ways to go here, but I decided to just go with the right fielder there. Uh, AJ Mentor, that's another head scratcher. Um, Jet must know something we don't know, but uh, no, not not a fan of that one in the seventh round. AJ Mentor, uh, especially since we don't know what the Braves are doing with the closer. We did this last year where we laughed at a lot of his picks, and he ended up in second place. So yeah, I mean, adjusted, I'm, I'm giving him the benefit of a doubt this year a little bit. Uh, no, he adjusted. He basically, uh, he, basically good, basically good potential. Uh, release pitchers regardless yeah. of role which is yeah. fine especially in the simple league wilson contreras i we already mentioned that i, st- I told him not to talk to me for the rest of the round uh because <laughs> he uh went with uh I, I thought i could get him back so there's tommy edmund christian vasquez uh you know i, I don't care about christian vasquez but what is it i think what, what's the appeal is it because he could steal some bases sean is that what it is with christian vasquez? Well, we were me and mario were talking off air before the show that like he had like six steals in 2020 and i think that's a complete aberration just yeah, like i think his 2019 power production was a complete aberration him and roberto perez everyone was like oh look at these offensive breakouts and then you just looked at their batted ball metrics and it's like this isn't gonna last <laughs> and i think vasquez had six home runs six uh stolen bases but two of those home runs came against the Mets like on the second game of the year, and he never hit one for like another three weeks. I, he's just bad. And then you picked Gary Sanchez, who is also bad. No, so no, you no, guys no, should no, feel bad. You, know, no, no, you no, were there, no. Sean. You were there, too, when we were talking two weeks ago. Like, you got to take Gary Sanchez this year. No. Nope. You, <laughs> you have to. You have to think. I mean, well, how many times can the guy step in the batter's box and not hit a baseball? Like, he's a professional. This is He's not going to bat a 180. So – if he bats 240 and gives you 20 home runs, he's completely fine in the eighth round here. It's Especially in a two-catcher league, like you it's gotta take Gary Sanchez at one point. Because he, at one point he, he was a top three catcher. It's just like I, and he fell he, he down. Didn't forget power. And, and yeah, and he, he, he forgot down. how to hit a baseball. <laughs> sure, but he didn't actually forget. Like, that's the thing. Like he's been bad at doing that one thing that's super important, but he didn't forget <laughs> how to do it. He just. I don't like he's got to do it. I don't know. There's no, there's no explanation to Gary no, I mean, Sanchez other yeah. than they're going to keep rolling him out there. He's going to run into 20 home runs, and you're basically saying that 240, not 180. You got to be able to do that if you hit 20 home runs. And I think he's closer to 180 than he is 240, though. No, I'm bigger than 240, though. I, I like that. Hey, you're, giving, you're telling me 240. I feel very good now. I feel very good now. But listen, the, the former top pedigree prospect. I mean, like like Mario says, he just didn't one day forget how to be a good baseball, a great baseball player at, at the catching position. Like I said, you know, top three at one point. I think he's dropped in a lot of. Uh, expert rankings to like number 12 he's still number seven of my so he's right in the middle of the things and i and middle of uh, that catching position ranking so i, I felt like i had to get him because uh at this point as you guys saw the run on catchers uh we're running out so the way i see it i mean i didn't really reach for him like what's let me see, hold on hold on one two three four five six seven eight eight catchers nine gary sanchez was the 10th catcher picked here so i'm okay with that I'm good. I feel yeah, really I would good have about taken it. him over every remaining catcher too. So I get it. Two catcher league. He 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 was higher ranked in my mind than everyone that went after him. Plus, I have a plan, guys, and you'll see in a little bit. Uh Edwin Diaz. <laughs> love it. Love it. Love it. Hey, Sean, oh, hi, baby. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I have a situation, Sean. Can you take over for me? Please? All good. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll take this <laughs> over with Edwin Diaz. Um, I, I can't give up on this guy. He's he looked he was great in 2020. Um, of course, Mets fans are like, oh, he blew two saves and like two of the saves, like the runs weren't even his. In, so like, I, I hate blown saves were, as a like, stat. In the, same, in the same week, too. Yeah. Like they, you know, like he, he basically had an unforgivably bad, like 10 day stretch that just suck all his numbers. I mean, you know, in fantasy baseball, that hurts based on the format, but he's still the closer and he still has the talent. Much like Gary Sanchez, he didn't forget how to pitch. No. He just gets tagged every once in a while, like every other closer. And then so to round out the definitely. rest of round eight, uh, Nate Pearson goes. So uh, Henry officially loses both of his guys that he wanted to try and keep as minor league players, both Sixto and Nate Pearson. He loses both. Josh Donaldson, Keston Hero, Chris Paddock. Uh, two picks that players I like, but I'm very worried about. Uh, you picked up Keston Hero. Are you worried I, about I, his strikeouts? No. So – one thing I found myself doing this year, I, I did a lot of prep last year before um, the season. And a lot of that prep then had to be redone because it got delayed. So basically between March and June, I was writing a lot of, of uh, you know, fantasy baseball content. And I realized that going into this year, almost everything I wrote last year still applies because we didn't see too much to make me hate players. And I, I was super high on Keston Hero last year. Like he was my, like, get him in the fourth or fifth round. I don't care. Pay up for him. And now, okay, I'm not that high on him. Like, I'm not fifth round high on him. But, again, this is now the 11th round wheel, eighth round in this draft. I, how can I not like him? Second base is super, super light. He will be first base eligible and second base eligible. I, I don't care that he strikes out. Like, he, you know, he's – there aren't many second basemen, especially at this point in the draft, who are that much better. Like, even, even if he can't solve his strikeouts, but he still plays every day and he just – you know, contributes what you expect. Is he not a top 10 second baseman fantasy-wise? He very well could be. I I worry that they have some options in that infield that they've signed late and that if Hura really struggles, he finds himself in like a complete platoon or just bench off the bat. But that's why they're they're playing him at first base too. Like it seems like they're giving him the chance to survive as well. So I can't hate that at that point. And again, I'm not finding it easy to fill second base anywhere. So... If I can fill it with someone that I that I at one point expected to be better, I don't think that's you know it's a high upside pick. It's it's risky, but I don't um, I don't think I don't think he'll be out of a job soon. Yeah, it, it, it's is, crazy with me with Hira is that coming up through the minors, he was like this great contact hitter. He barely struck out, and then he got to Double A, Triple A, and changed into this really big power hitter. And the strikeout rate did go up, but it was still like palatable, like mid twenty percent. And then he comes up and he, he hits the ball crazy hard. He's kept that as a skill, but he just seems like he pitchers have a game plan on him. High heat. He can't catch up to it. That's it. So but he, he still, he still hits the ball like insanely it. hard. I, I right. it, It's a skill set that's, that's really enticing because he has shown that ability to adjust and hit the ball for contact. But I, I feel like that is gone. He's never going to revert back to that. He's the power hitter so- now. So, ready. His perfect comp is actually Gary Sanchez. Gary Sanchez came through the minors as a line drive contact hitter, who was probably not going to hit a lot of home runs because he just hit the ball hard on a line, and then he morphed into a home run hitter, who has no batting average now. That's exactly what Keston here is, and the, the same exact path. And and I think the irony is, you are down on both of those guys, and I'm high on both of those guys. So, 
clearly in our like mental, um, you know, approach to these players, I can't quit the fact that I knew this guy could once hit. Like I feel that way about like Gregory Polanco, who's not even being drafted anymore. Like, nope. He he could hit, so I can't accept that he just can't anymore. I mean, I mean, the biggest uh, difference think- here is I, I just did a, a little uh, checkup. K- Keston Hero was almost a three twenty hitter in the minors, three seventeen. Of Gary Sanchez was two seventy four, and so I, I do think that now well, they are similar hitters. I do think now they are similar hitters. I do get that. But sure. I feel so like there's a possibility for Hura to maybe revert back to that old one and try and find a happy medium where he's not always selling out to hit the ball so hard. But I don't know. It, it, it's a risky pick. A lot of people like him. I liked him two years ago. I like him less now. Uh, but Fair to enough. continue, uh, Chris Paddock, James McCann, who we talked about, Eddie Rosario is a sneaky good fantasy pick. Gene mm-hmm. Segura, and then I think this was the steal of the top 10 rounds. J.D. Martinez goes at the end of the eighth round to uh, Matthew Whelan of the former Food Life podcast host over there. I think that's great value. He's one of those guys who had a down 2020 that I just – he's too good of a hitter, and he's he's done yeah, it for too that. long that I, I he's just not going to fall off a cliff. And here we go in a total of four picks, three of the best DHs go off the board between J.D. Martinez, Stanton, and Nelson Cruz. Uh, if you had to pick one of those, Mario, which one would you pick? That's a really good question. I was about to say Stanton because I saw him finally do it recently, but honestly, the answer is actually Nelson Cruz. Who is the, <laughs> the man who never player. ages. He doesn't. He just doesn't stop hitting. So, I mean, between those three players, even if you said that like you could argue for the ceiling of any of them, isn't the highest floor Nelson Cruz? Like, isn't he? Isn't his worst numbers going to be better than Martinez and Stanton's worst numbers? I, I think it's a really yeah. close call. Uh, if we trusted Stanton to be healthy, I think he would be the obvious pick. But I, I don't right, trust it. If, right? And then it becomes JD Martinez versus Nelson Cruz, and then and, you're and weighing an eighty percent Nelson Cruz because you just t- factor in some regression due to being what he's going to be forty one this year versus well, yeah. JD Martinez bounce back. It's like which one do you take, a bounce back or a forty one year old player who's well, maybe regressing well, that's a little the thing. bit? Martin Martinez is feeling it's higher, and I. 100% agree with that. But I think Cruz's floor is higher. I think that that if they all crumble, you know, air quotes crumble, Cruz crumbles less. Yeah. So I kind of like to pick more because you're in the, well, I guess I like a high upside bet too. So it's really between those two, but I think I would personally lean on Cruz. And now in the rest of round nine, we have some kind of interesting picks. Two guys that were former, you know, top three, top five round picks. Uh, Javier Baez goes to Will Ponzi's. I love that name. And then Jose Altuve <laughs> goes to uh, Leon's team, the Smoking Aces. Uh, are these guys, are you buying back in at these guys at these prices? Or is it more so, of a, so, I, I, I'm still calling, I'm, I'm, I'm checking, I'm not buying into them. Throw in Austin Meadows. Oh, Austin Meadows. I, I, I'm all in on Austin Meadows. I just don't think. Oh, I, am, I am actually all in on all three of them. And okay. I kind of, I kind of, kicked myself the fact that and this is why I brought it up before I felt I had to take those really good hitters of judge Bryant or Rosarena, like when they were there. And I still agree with that, but I really wanted to have their bias. And I really wanted to out to And even most, I really want to know I think he's the best of the three this year. I wanted those three guys, but you know, roster construction, just, I couldn't do it. So I am, I am not only buying it on them at this point, but I would have taken all of them at least two rounds. I think, I think Meadows is the one I want the most, but I could see Baez being the best. And I was never a Javier Baez guy. 
Yeah. Javier Baez in the first three or four rounds. No, thank you. Javier Baez in what is essentially the 12th or 13th round. Yes, please. Yes, please. Not even close. And then we also had two or three. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We also had three really good relief pitchers come off the board here. All three are guys I would have picked over AJ Mincer and uh, Alex (laughs) Colome. Sorry, Jet. But Ross Isla Iglesias, James Karentrek, and Ryan Presley all go within five picks of each other. You can't go wrong with any of those. I really wanted James Karentrek. Uh, He would have been the pick if he came back to me. Yeah, it's okay. I needed a starting pitcher anyway. (laughs) I ended up getting Lance McCullers Jr. Uh, He's added a slider. I still think the stuff is there. He's coming, you know, coming off Tommy John. He got most of that out of the way. Right here, let me bring... Felipe back in here. He is our lovely leader is back. There he is. Hey, we tried to hold on as best we could. Uh, we are we on my pick off. of Lance McCullers Jr. <laughs> as my SP2. And uh, it doesn't make me feel much better, but hey, he's a starting pitcher I like. Sixto Sanchez is a starting pitcher I like. So I can rationalize it more to myself that I like them, even if they're not filling the role that I need them to fill. Oh, just like uh, Kevin Gossman's a pitcher that I like. No, <laughs> It's okay when you guys do it. You guys, it's okay when you guys do it. Um, Yeah, so I had a little emergency to deal with. So hopefully it doesn't uh, go much further than that. So, uh, oh, I didn't see the cat being here. Oh, well, he's going to have to be here for a while. Uh, Ryan Presley, (laughs) I I mentioned to you guys, I was going to uh, draft these uh, closers aggressively, uh, especially with the crappy situation with my starting rotation. So there's Ryan Presley as my second closer. I'm very happy with that. I had high hopes for him the last couple of years, and it looks like this is going to be, everybody's saying that he's going to break out this year. So we'll see if that happens. But I think uh, it's uh, it's still a good Astros team. He should still get all the save opportunities. And even if he, again, even if he doesn't, I'm really looking forward to those low rate stats uh, from him. Chris Bassett, uh, I think Sean mentioned it last week or two weeks ago, where Chris Bassett, your AL Cy Young winner. <laughs> That's a joke. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's just like, he's sneakier good. I'm not really, I think he's a better in real life pitcher than he is a better fantasy pitcher. He's basically Mike Fires. He's the new Mike Fires. Yeah. Uh, oh, my God. well, same team, right? So, yeah. Uh, well, one thing he has going for him, he does uh, he does uh, pitch in a very big ballpark. Big ballpark. Yep. Uh, Will Myers. Uh, this is I, I. I'm sorry, Aaron. I thought this was a very questionable pick, uh, especially with the Padres. Like I wanted to avoid as many Padres hitters as, as possible because I feel like um, their situation in San Diego uh, in terms of uh, regular playing time is a little bit murky. Uh, Mario, do you see it the same way or am I just uh, freaking out about them for nothing? No, I do. I do. But I will say like. I needed a first baseman at this point too. Um, And I ended up two rounds later with Ryan Mountcastle. So ask yourself, right? Like in that moment, if you're in Aaron's spot, so not two rounds later, you're, you're in whatever round she took Will Myers. Would you rather Will Myers or Ryan Mountcastle? And I think it's pretty close. So I don't, I don't hate it. Like he didn't have a first baseman and was now nine rounds into the draft. It's more of a need pick than anything else. It, yeah, I, I, I think the um, if I try to get into Aaron's head here, she picks both Edmund and Myers, both guys with multi-positional eligibility, and both yeah. can steal bases. Something yeah. that I I can't remember who her three keepers were, but so far in this draft, she hasn't really drafted any stolen bases. Lau might give you five. Uh, Perez Contreras and Hayes might give you some. He had some stolen bases. Uh, in the short in 2020, but I'm not sure he's actually going to run that much. He never had high, gr- crazy high totals in the minors. So maybe he gives you like five to 10. Contreras and Perez are catchers. They're not going to run. Uh, I think Edmund and Myers give her some stolen bases. And I, I love the Edmund pick, but Myers, for the same reason Felipe said, 
uh, playing time concerns in San Diego really worry me. Uh, yeah, it's just a matter of if she was drafting for position need. If she was drafting for position need, it makes sense. If not, then then you're right. You could have gone elsewhere. But yeah, no, it's, it's, partially it's just the need. It was partially for for Myers or Edmund. For Myers, for Myers. Uh, Will Myers is her utility at this point, according to uh, the Fantrax uh, draft room. Her keepers were Jose Abreu, Mookie Betts, and Josh Hader. Oh, she did have Abreu. Okay, so I think okay, so she had Betts. So there's some steals there, but. Yeah. Tommy Edmond is a guy that I really like. Also, I'd be remiss since I missed last week's show. I was supposed to do a reveal in which I compared two players' stat lines from 18 to 20 per 600 plate appearances. And uh, one player was Tommy Edmond. He won. He had the most votes. Uh, the second player was someone who went at the end of the second round in this draft, Ozzy Albies. I put that on Twitter, and somebody roasted me, trying to say, Tommy Edmond doesn't even have 600 plate appearances. He is 576, <laughs> and you're going to get a little less power, but I think you have a much safer hit tool. I think you have a much safer lineup spot because if Albies has any sort of struggles, I could see him going down the lineup and someone like Swanson or Darno moving up the lineup. And if he's suddenly batting in the lower third where that Braves lineup looks a little bit more suspect rather than in between Acuna and Freeman, yeah, I'm not sure I like that. I'll take Edmund batting in front of Arenado and Goldschmidt before I take Albies batting in the bottom third of the Braves lineup. Uh, Nick yeah, Anderson. I, I, oh, I'm sorry, Mario. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, uh, I was just going to say, I don't mind it at all. I, I, I've grown to like Edmund as well. Go ahead. You move on to Anderson. Sure. Uh, Nick Anderson, the former basketball player for the Orlando Magic, fighting a line eye. It's March, March Madness. <laughs> Uh, that's I, I like Nick Anderson. I don't know if he's gonna close for the Rays. You know, Rays bullpen scares me. <laughs> no, well, well, hold on. In this league, um, well, she has Devin Williams and Nick Anderson. I mean, this is this is a strategy that Aaron has basically slaughtered everyone with. And she has Hater, and yeah, I mean, that's like three yeah, of the. She, she picks the best relief pitchers who and does not care about role. Yeah, and has it? It doesn't hurt. It, she's been awesome with it. So and it helped that, last that's year her, too, That's her so. style. Yeah, I mean, I don't blame her. I mean, the, the rate stats and the holds uh, are are yeah, it's gonna win you part of this somewhere. game. So, uh, so yeah, I, I was gonna say, yeah, it doesn't really matter. Uh, if you pick a raised pitcher, you're not picking them because they're gonna be the closer. You're picking them because of all the Correct. reasons we just explained. Correct. So, uh, Gio Orsella, that's not bad, uh, but he already had a third baseman in Matt Chapman, so uh, I guess he's going for that depth. And then we get to my other starting pitcher, Joe Musgrove, another guy I was targeting. Sean, you're going to kill me, but he was a top 25 pitch, starting pitcher for me. Uh, I'm, I'm all in on the Joe Musgrove uh, fan club. I had him in my uh, both my leagues last year, and uh, he kind of came up onto his own. I know the other thing that got me going for him is that Eno Siris spoke glowingly of him, uh, of the Rates and Barrel podcast. He spoke very glowingly of Joe Musgrove. So I said, well... SP number three, again, I don't trust anybody here. Might as well roll the dice with Joe Musgrove, the veteran, and see what happens. So I'm putting it all on these uh, on the shoulders of these veterans because you know why, Sean? Older is always better. But you went the other direction. You went Frankie Montes, who's in his mid-20s at the Oakland Athletics. Uh, yeah, he was a guy that after you picked um, Musgrove, I, I, I like Montes. It was kind of Montes, or Montes first, Urias first. Uh, Gonzalez, who all went in that, that round. Um, I like Montes. He's working with Codify. They're going to get him to throw that splitter more. That splitter is an awesome pitch. Uh, I think Frankie Montes is better than Kevin Gossman. Not really. I mean, still inconsistency there. But you know what? The best part about Montes is that he cheats. So, I mean, yeah, I, hey, I, cheater, I, admire, the best. I, I admire him for that. 
uh, <laughs> let's see here, uh, Brad Hand. Uh, we talked about him numerous times on this podcast. We're kind of and he did him. it, and he didn't go to Leon's team, a national that finally uh, didn't end up on Leon's team. Well, that's because you know, uh, Andrew I beat saw, him to I it. I saw that. <laughs> And just thought to myself, oh, did he end up on the same team with every other national player? <laughs> but he did not. <laughs> you know, I, I'm looking Washington. at that. I thought the same thing. But no. Right? Uh, I scrolled up. I was like, oh, no, he didn't. All right. Hold on. Hold on. Uh, we have a special guest who decided to show up. It's Henry Maldonado, our fearless leader over at the Baseball Life uh, Facebook group. Henry, how are you doing this morning? Good morning, gentlemen. How is everyone going? doing? Uh, doing a lot better uh, now that I'm back. So go ahead. I, I just I'm, I'm listening. I'm I'm. I'm not, I didn't get my my Sixto. I didn't get my Pearson. So <laughs> you got other players, Henry. That's I, what's important. You I'm got enjoy, Carlos Carrasco. I'm enjoying. Yeah, tell me about it. Hey, I'll trade you. I'll trade you Sixto for Jack Flaherty. Yeah, looks. I, I I saw Carrasco. I'm like, good. You know, the elbow or shoulder, whatever it was, wasn't that big of an issue. I drafted him, and like eight hours later, he tore his shit. I was like, come <laughs> on. I'm like at that point, at the point where I took him, I had it was great value until he tore his hamstring. Yeah, so and, and that's the thing is like every off season, Carrasco in spring training has dealt with elbow soreness like three off seasons in a row: 2017, 18, and 19. Yeah, you and then off. like I, I wasn't worried about the elbow. Then out of nowhere, he tears his hamstring, and I'm like, come on. The guy beat cancer and he's playing in a big park. Come on, yeah, that's right. <laughs> you can't. At the point I took him, it's value, but. He'll be on my IR or dropped or just that's what I get for picking a fucking Met. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I just uh, I, I know you guys had good momentum and I didn't want to uh, disrupt that too much. I just wanted to uh, let you guys know that we have uh, passed the 6000 mark in baseball life. Um, which is pretty amazing when you consider where we started, when we started, and mm -hmm. how selective we are of, of who we allow into this group. Um, you guys know we, we have our name, you know, virtually trademarked. We have our logo, our banners, and everything. Um, with that said, there is a little uh, weight lifting that needs to be done, and, and we need more help. So with that, Sean... Welcome to the admin team. Hey, um, well, you will be wait, wait, nice. do you accept though? I mean, that, I, we don't want to impose. Oh, do, do you have a rose to hand me? Can we turn this? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm about as black as the bachelor and you know how that's going. <laughs> <laughs> but, Thank um, you guys so much. This is going to be awesome. So did we, said, did we just hit 6,000? Uh, we went a little over 6,000. We were actually going to announce it last week, but you chickened out on us. <laughs> Oops. Oops. Um, there is one condition though. Uh oh. You, you gotta you gotta you gotta grow the beard, man. Oh, I gotta grow the beard. Can, <laughs> can I just keep the goatee? Can I just keep the no, goatee? No, man, goatee is like, come on. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta it, it looks it looks too scruffy over here. Full beard is good on you, man. Full <laughs> beard looks good on you, brother. But I, I will let you guys get back to uh roasting uh everybody's team picks. and <laughs> we like leon's team and, and jets on? team jets bad picks and it's funny because we we did this last year with jets team and he still ended up in second place i don't know how he does Listen, it guys yeah, it's but he's an had, annual he's had an... some brutal picks like you said when, when i got uh ground out while i got him i was like i wasn't gonna go catcher because at that point i was like there's not a lot of catchers on the board and then i see ground out and i was like he doesn't play much but when he does he's on so i mean there you got to take him Mm -hmm. so, top three catcher right there for me this I, year so you gotta take him and felipe took gary sanchez which i was targeting i you know i got a little greedy and, and thought you know i could wait and wait and wait 
See, Sean, Yankee premium, man. It's it's a real thing. Yankee <laughs> premium is a real thing. You got to account for that. That's why yeah, he, I had to move was, up to number seven. It, it gets frustrating. You have guys in your queue just being sniped away. So, <laughs> but guys, thank you very much and, and keep doing a good show, Sean. Congrats. Welcome to the team. Thanks, brother. I'll set up a new admin chat and add everyone and you'll see all the fun we have behind the scenes. Oh, God. <laughs> That's yeah. a weird word for fun. Fun. Yeah, fun. <laughs> All right, guys. Have a good one. You Thanks too, brother. Man. Easy, Greatly brother. appreciate right. it. Later, man. You got it. All right. Uh, and uh, Sean, uh, just a quick note. I am being told to wrap things up. So let's go one more round. Uh, one more for one. Then I got to get going. Knock out all the, the the final 10 rounds or 11 or 12. Yeah, we're in the. Yeah, <laughs> we're in 10, halfway through 10, something like that. Halfway through 10 with Dansby Swanson and uh, Julio Rios going back to Mario's team. It's a nice pick. Uh, only. <sighs> Only concern is the plane. You know, will, will he be going back and forth between starting pitching and bullpen? So that's always a concern for me uh, with Julio Arias. But that, it, uh, I mean, Mario has enough safety net to. I think Julio Arias ends up throwing more innings than Walker Bueller. <laughs> oh Jesus! Ooh, that'd be amazing. That I think that, that happens. Wow! I think that happens. Can you honestly. make that happen? I would. <laughs> Can you make? You, you, let me call up Dave Roberts. I know a guy. Yeah, please, uh, please. Ten rounds later, I'd love it. Uh, Slappy Squirrel, Nick Madrigal going to James's team. So Gonna have to change my team name. Well, you didn't have him last year either, did you? No, I had I had him. Oh, you did? Okay. Yep. Uh, Brendan Nemo going to Jacob. <sighs> two, of, two of my guys go back to back. That kind of hurt. So, so they, they've been listening <laughs> to the podcast? No. no. Yes. They <laughs> well, I mean, Nemo's a Mets player. Jacob's a Mets fan. So Marco Gonzalez going to uh, Washington. A little bit of a Mariners bias, although, you know, Mike is a Cardinals fan, but he does live in Washington. So, But uh, Marco Gonzalez, I think we talked about on this podcast, he will eat you innings. Uh, Gavin Lux, Henry, talking about him. Uh, he just left. Great but, pick. He yeah, could I be a guy it. that with increased keepers because we'll have what six this year. Yeah, three six nine. Uh, that's the way it goes. Gavin Lux could be a legitimate keeper for him next year uh, if and, he plays how we think he can play. He's a keeper, and he just got him this late. Like that's awesome. And the best part is that he paired him up with a veteran like Gene Segura, something the White Sox should have done with Nick Magical, but that's just me talking. Uh, <laughs> Kevin Pilar and oh jeez, Kevin Pilar, why I don't get it. But uh, I, I mean, if you think De- uh, Dominic Smith only gets like 350 plate appearances rather than 450 or 500, all of the bats and plate appearances that Dominic Smith doesn't get, Kevin Pillar will. And Kevin Pillar just had his best offensive year. It was the short in 2020 season. It was some of it was in Colorado, but I don't know. That, that could be a he's a better, I think, fantasy player than real life player. Especially uh, now that his defense is kind of just average to below average. Uh, so Jet has something to tell us about his uh, draft selection. He wants to say that it's magic, bitch. So <laughs> that, that's he's going on magic and fairy dust this year, like mm-hmm. last year. Uh, Jake Diekman, that's a solid relief pitcher, though. I like that one. Uh, Clint Frazier, there was a uh, talk in the admin chat, uh, the regular admin chat, not the baseball admin chat, but the regular admin chat about Clint Frazier. If he could just get the playing time, which it looks like he will, he would be a stud. Mario, you have anything to say about your uh, Yankee brethren there? No, I think that's fair. I think I think he's proven he could hit. That's all you need is time. But it is a little odd that they won't give it to him. I mean, they gave Aaron Hicks basically 50 years to prove that he could hit. So it's a little <laughs> weird that Clint Frazier isn't getting that. So other than other than the fact that they haven't devoted to him, I'm totally fine with it. And then after that, you know, the next few guys that go, Rosenthal, I think Deakman over Rosenthal is interesting. I think Rosenthal is the one who was brought in to actually – Close there. Yeah, I, I actually like Deacon better, though. I really? actually think he might be. Yeah, I just, like at the end of the year, if you if you took out saves and everything, it just said who's going to have the better 
ratio stats. I think it might be Diekman, actually. I don't know what to get from Rosenthal. Yeah, it's uh, Rosenthal's definitely a toss-up. I'm not as high on him as most others are. Uh, Didi Gregorius, Mancini, and Mountcastle. I love that Mountcastle pick. Um, anytime you Thank can you. get a, a hitter that's going to get, you know, 500, 300 plate appearances in, in, in Baltimore, like, easily. Like, that, I love Baltimore hitters. And uh, right. Felipe is highlighting Dylan Bundy here. Uh, uh, had a little... Trying to keep track with you guys. Yeah, had a little breakout with uh, Los Angeles. Started pitching backwards a lot, and it most importantly, like we just talked about, we love Baltimore hitters. We hate Baltimore pitchers. And Bundy (laughs) successfully exited uh, Baltimore, and we saw the uh, outbreak. And Kirby Yates missed all of 2020 due to injury, but could be getting a lot of saves for an improved Blue Jays team. He, Where do you think Kirby Yates rates around the guys like Iglesias, Diaz, <laughs> and Hand? Where do you think he rates, uh, Mario? Uh, I he might be one of the best picks of the draft. Kirby Yates in the eleventh round. I think Diaz might be better just because Diaz actually like has some room to improve. But I think he's better than Iglesias. Um, Kirby Yates or Brad Hand? Kirby Yates. Okay, Kirby Yates or Rizal Iglesias? Kirby Yates again. Oh wow! He probably he he probably stops at like I, I like Karen Tuck a lot. I mean, I took him multiple rounds higher. You know, I I do like um, you know the, the obvious top guys like obviously Presley. I think is a lot better, but right below that tier of Presley and Karen Tuck, where I'd put it, is Kirby Yates, and I think okay. he's. I mean, he's, he he could. I I have him and Brad Hand like right next to each other. I I think they're they have that elite skill set but I'm not sure where it is right now. Like in terms of Brad hand might be coming down, but Kirby Yates could be coming down or he could be going back up after injury. So. Right. But the thing is, as always, Toronto brought him into close. And when yeah. teams do that, like they have a reason they have, you know, they love experience. That's the number one thing to them. So they're not even playing around with the eight. They're like, all right, he's he, when he's healthy, he's our closer as a fantasy manager. You don't get that a lot. So thank you. Yeah. But, you know, Kirby uh, Yates. Gotcha. By the way, I have a special guest with me. As uh, this was, the, I can keep going as long as the baby's calm here. So hi, my, Penny. My wife had to uh, run an errand really quick. So oh, that's fine. No worries. Uh, we will. We, we are almost there. Uh, I picked Mike Mustakas with my eleventh yeah. round pick. He's someone who the fantasy community really likes, and I never seem to draft. But yeah. he adds to my very power field infield. I was telling Mario off air before the show, Felipe, that yeah. out of all of my infield, not counting catchers. All of them but one are projected to hit 30 or more home runs. Oh, there you go. So there if I go. don't win home runs, something terrible has happened. Yeah, well, the <laughs> ball's got changed, right? The ball's yeah. got changed. <laughs> then Felipe followed up with a his second catcher. I think these, yeah. aside from Gary Sanchez, I, I do like this one. I do like Sean Murphy. No, I, told start- you, I told you I had a plan, guys. I had a plan of catcher. And that's, Sean Murphy of started off very slow at the beginning of the year. And then he turned into, in September, that hitter that we know he showed in the minors. Uh, He showed elite-level batted ball metrics. Um, I like he has the everyday job. They traded Jonah Heim, so I think he's going to get the majority of the playing time. Uh, Alex Reyes, I think, is the best relief pitcher pick that Jet has made, and it's on his third (laughs) attempt. Um, Have any of you guys watched Alex Reyes in spring training so far this year? No, I haven't. Enlightened he me. Not looks. This year. Not this year, he no. looks amazing, and he's always looked amazing. Let's be mm-hmm. honest; it's always been about say, injuries. I was going to say that. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, they they said that they're possibly going to use him as closer. They might use him as a starter, like an opener, mm-hmm. multi inning relief guy. I think he could be Josh Hader esque. 
Uh, Post-type sleeper, love it. Uh, Pablo Lopez to end off the round. I like Pablo Lopez, but uh, uh, yeah, because I had a chance to get him here, but I decided, no, I'd rather have the second catcher, mm-hmm. and uh, Pablo Lopez uh, just wasn't safe enough for me in, in terms of uh, uh, who to pick in this round, and I went with uh, Murphy, Aaron, then took advantage and got Pablo Lopez. So Yeah. So, Mario, in terms of all those Miami starters, where do you rank Pablo Lopez? Do you have him at the top? A lot of the people in the fantasy community love Pablo Lopez, have him ranked higher than guys like Sandy Alcantara and Sixo Sanchez. What do you think about Pablo Lopez? I feel, I feel like Miami is – it's a really biased team. Like, when you look at their starting rotation, like, you almost can't separate everything that you think they could be. Because – don't you have to think Sixto Sanchez could be the best? And because you know that, like, you, you want to put him higher. And then you have Sandy Alcantara, who I actually think is, should have been the best. You know, like, if you, if you look back a few years and say, what is the rotation going to look like? He's the guy. So I don't know because I, I can't separate what Sixto could be and what I thought Alcantara could be. Like, I, I, the real answer should be Alcantara should be the best. He's yeah. the guy who's been developed. He was you know, he had the pedigree and then Sixo should be your second best. He should be the guy who's a flamethrower, who's a little erratic, but he's basically Zach Wheeler. Like he should be mm. outstanding at times, but then bad at times. And then Pablo Lopez is like normal. Over here. Al- Alcantara so, and Wheeler is actually a really good comp. I, I really do enjoy that. I, I, I like Sixto. that one. I meant Sixto and Wheeler, but. Oh, okay. 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 Both also, of those work. Both of those work. So, so like, so now you have two two wheelers in rotation. On any given day, I, I I I don't know who's better, but I can't quit either one of them, right? Like those are people who can actually be amazing. So long answer, cut short is probably Alcantara to me, and I'm probably going to be wrong. That, that's so, really the answer. So round twelve, the last one that we're going to cover today, get started off with Ty France, who was one of those guys who just absolutely raked in AAA in 2019 for the San Diego Padres. He found himself traded to Seattle, where he's looking like he's going to possibly get a starting job or at least somewhat like every day at bats. He, so far, he's leading spring training and batting average. He's batting like 470. And it's like easy to write it off because it's spring training. It's only like 10 games. But this is a guy who I think in, when he won the batting title in AAA, batted like 370. Uh, I think there's a legitimate hit tool there. Uh, this round also showed uh, two starting pitcher veterans and Wainwright and Morton kind of book ending the ends of the round. And then we had three closers go and drew Pomeranz, Kenley Jansen and Amir Garrett. Uh, which one of those do you like most Felipe and Drew Pomeranz? Drew Pom- <laughs> oh, you, you were the one that picked Drew Pomeranz. Of course. Yeah, I was the one. So yeah. for in Mario uh, between Kenley Jansen and Amir Garrett, uh, two guys that kind of are on the opposite oh, ends that. of their closer book lives. Uh, Garrett could just now be coming a dominant closer. Kenley Jansen might be coming down from being a dominant closer. Which one would you p- pick here? I still think that there's no way they move Jensen out of the closer role. So he's got to be the answer for me. Okay. And that's where I picked. I I think Diaz and Jansen, I think there is some risk built into them. Obviously that's why they go a little bit later now. And of course, uh, I just got hit. I just got hit with Drew Pomerantz right now. He has a forearm injury. So (laughs) (laughs) Uh, my answer is Kenley Jansen. (laughs) My answer is Kenley Jansen. But no, like (laughs) Diaz and Jansen are going to be closing for, you know, two of the best teams possibly in the National League. And I think they have the most stable 
roles there. And I agree. I, I believe agree. we talked about this last week or two weeks ago, but Jansen might just survive as the closer because they have such other good relievers that they can use in the high leverage situations and still let Jansen close out the game. And by the way, wouldn't that be Amir Garrett on the Reds? Like you could move him around if you need to. You're not going to move Jansen around. Yeah, the, the issue with Garrett I see is Lucas Sims coming back and possibly uh, Michael Lorenzen mm-hmm. also fighting for, for saves. Amir Garrett is acting like he is, oh my gosh, I just saw the craziest Otani thing. He's starting pitcher and batting leadoff today. Um, for the Angels, so woohoo! <laughs> I love but, it. Um, it. It's it's a tough one. I don't really like picking Kenley Jansen, but it's hard to not like picking the closer for the best team in baseball. Exactly, exactly. And then also in this round, we have a couple of guys that I really never touch: in Victor Robles and Byron Buxton. Buxton I has had been to do it. prime. I for, had to do it. He he showed a lot last year, except that it, he huh? he never walked. Uh, but the power is there. The contact ability was there. But I can't quit him. I need him to retire <laughs> so I can stop drafting him. But in, among the four outfielders pick. picked in this round, Victor Robles, Byron Buxton, Joey Gallo, and Dylan Carlson. I don't know. I don't touch Victor Robles. Joey Gallo, you have to draft around, which, hey, um, <laughs> when he picks Nick Madrigal, I, like, I always love the pairing of Madrigal and Gallo or like David Fletcher right. and Gallo. Uh, but Dylan Carlson is a guy I really think that we could see breakout this year. Um, kind of like in the Joe Adele mold in that he didn't do great in the first cup of coffee and people are forgetting about him. But I think he's a much more polished hitter than even Joe Adele was when he debuted. Probably Seattle's got a bunch uh, Seattle. St. Louis has a bunch of, um, like they also have uh, Tyler O'Neill. They have some Tyler Neal's raking in spring training right now, too. Yeah, who could just steal at bat? That 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 is the fear. You, yeah. get, you know, it's almost uh, Clint Frazier guy. What if he doesn't get the, the reps? And then for the but last that, two right? picks of round twelve, uh, Charlie Morton and Tristan McKenzie, mm-hmm. uh, two starting pitchers that I'm avoiding. Uh, I, I like really? Charlie Morton. I worry about the injuries. He's 37, 38 now. Um, it's a tough division for him to pitch in. And then Tristan McKenzie, who did very well, but is like 110 pounds soaking wet. We already saw his velocity <laughs> shortening over like a 10-game start sample size because he debuted, he was hitting 95, sitting about 93, 94. And then by the time he got to his last start of the year, he was barely hitting 91, 92. Uh, I think that's some worry there. But uh between those two, which ones would have you have picked, Felipe? Would you rather have Charlie Morton or Tristan McKenzie? That's a tough one. That is very tough because I, I I thought about it. You know which you know which one do I would pick? But I guess at this point I, I would go with Charlie Morton just because he still is pretty good, even though he's up there in age. It seems like he's been getting better with age, but he's also been. I feel like he's also been hurt a lot as well, but. I still would trust him because I know what I'm getting out of him as opposed to Tristan McKenzie, who, for all the reasons you mentioned. Um, so put me on the Morton train on, uh, on this pairing here. Okay. And for you, Mario, which, which one of those would you rather have Morton or McKenzie? I'm actually on McKenzie and, and okay. much, much higher. I think the one thing with Morton is he pitched for Houston. Excellent team. He yep. pitched for Tampa Bay. I mean, if you can't, if you can't successfully pitch for Tampa Bay, there's something wrong with you because they get the best <laughs> out of everybody. So you're going from from a team that was able to extract the best out of a 37 year old to Atlanta. Like no offense to Atlanta, but they they're not Tampa Bay in terms of 
at least not anymore. No. You know, current pitching uh, get something out. They're of not nothing. Cleveland either. Cleveland is but, notorious well, so, for getting the most out of their guys. So that's the thing. Like McKenzie is essentially Amir Garrett from the other conversation we just had, and Morton is um, Clemmer Johnson. But I, this time, I'm actually buying McKenzie possibly on the rise because Morton doesn't have the same setup anymore. If he was in Tampa Bay, I'd say okay, why not let it roll for another year? But you go from Tampa Bay to Atlanta, you lose a lot of what Tampa Bay brings to the table, despite if Atlanta is, you know, they're a good team as well. But Tampa Bay really knows how to make pitchers, uh, you know, churn out wins. Yeah. So yeah. it's McKenzie for me. And I actually, I like McKenzie a lot more than more. Uh, I will hand this back to you, Felipe, to yeah. wrap us up. Yeah. And then uh, we, as you guys can see, we still had 10 more rounds, but I think this is a good place to stop. We're already over the, uh, the time limit. Um, thanks everybody for joining us. I see the chats uh, uh, been blowing up with uh, super active today. Thank you guys so much for joining yeah, in. As, yeah. And I'm glad, I hope we uh, did at least every one of your teams, a little bit of justice. Uh, it's a lot to cover, man. It's, it's uh, we try to, you know, be as uh, even keeled as possible, get everybody involved uh, uh, in terms of talking about their teams and their players. Uh, it's just uh, with, with a 30 round draft and we're only at the 23rd round, it's just impossible to do, but uh, <laughs> hopefully we did a little uh, service to everybody. And, uh, uh, as much uh, as much as we uh, like to uh, criticize and rail, we uh, we understand this is you know supposed to be fun and and I hope everybody's enjoying it and uh, and it's not uh, what do you call it you know it's not like we're we're not bashing like and people get sensitive when we criticize but it's our job right Sean we have to do it yeah. we, we, not, not if everything was good then you know we wouldn't everybody would be winners everybody would get a ribbon at the end of the year but that's what we're trying to figure out like these are the best players of the bunch but it's all relative who is the best of the best of the best. And uh, that's all we're trying to figure out here. Uh, we'll love to keep going with you guys, but as you can see, I got my little rug red, just uh, creating havoc already. So uh, <laughs> like it's, like havoc it's, on the bases. <laughs> she's creating havoc on the bases. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she's a little uh, speed demon with, with the, on all fours there. Uh, but you know, like you said, uh, we're already way over. So thank you guys, everybody go um, for joining us. Mario, can you please tell the people where they can see your work? Mainly on Twitter. So it was the easiest way to find me, Twitter, uh, at Mario Margola. And then my stuff is at Fantasy Pros mm-hmm. and Sportfolio. All right. And then, uh, I'm sorry, Sean, you going to say something? Oh, I was just giving him a thumbs up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that, that's Sean over there. Mario's over there. I am Felipe. Be sure to check out our, uh, for those who are not in the group, like Henry mentioned earlier, we are 6,000 strong over at the Baseball Live Facebook group. That's right. We started from nothing and now we're over 6,000. So thank you everybody for, uh, you know, spreading the word out uh, and for joining us. I know baseball season is right around the corner. I think that has a lot to do with it, but I'm very uh, grateful that we get it. We got to this number and now we're working our way to 7,000. Sean's a new admin now. Cause uh, he's done a, listen, Sean, I wanted to, you know, we were going to do this last week and I, and I, like I said, you chicken, like Henry said, you chickened out, <laughs> yeah. but no, in all seriousness, uh, Sean, uh, maybe a couple years ago, we did a podcast together just, you know, cause I was just looking to fill time or whatever. Not, or I don't know what happened, but he showed up one time for a podcast. He messages me later after this afterwards and goes, Hey, Felipe, if you ever need someone to uh, be a regular, I'm your guy. I love talking about this stuff. Okay. Like, all right. And, and I, and I, and I, <laughs> I kept it in mind and, uh, and that's how this podcast got formed just simply because people want to say, Hey, how come I'm not an admin? Hey, how come I'm not a part of your podcast? Uh, or, you know, show some initiative, you know, Sean showed initiative and not just that, but Sean has been doing a pretty damn good job of, uh, uh, setting our baseball group, uh, presence in, um, on Twitter as well. 
So I am very thankful for that because uh, I, I don't have the patience for Twitter. I know Mario, you're you're mostly on Twitter, but Sean has done. A it does fan- require a lot of it. But it, I mean, it you've does. done a fantastic job, and and I think Henry and I talked about it, and that's when Henry decided, yeah, I, I think we got to get Sean uh, as soon as we get to the six thousand members. We got to get Sean uh, involved on in our team because uh, he does admin stuff without the title, so it's now it's just official <laughs> at this point. So Sean, thank you so much for uh, joining uh, for doing a podcast with me and for. Uh, doing and putting in that work for the uh for the group as well and uh you know we also got leon as well so uh who joined uh, maybe a couple of weeks ago so i think we are very strong um at the admin position there so with all that being said uh be sure to check out all our other groups we do have a basketball group it is in the middle of march madness uh we do have a football group it is we're in the middle of the free agency frenzy over in the at football uh life and uh you know we have the other podcasts as well with the wrestling and the wide world of sport. we have a sh- ton of groups like i can't even memorize them all and we also have a, a bunch of podcasts go check us out uh on our weekly time slot so again to wrap things up sean mario thank you for joining us i am felipe your host we'll see you next weekend <laughs>